0: I chose this film because I think I've seen it more times than any other film really? at all. I've seen it like probably 25 times. Um, <laughs> it was a, it was a film I first saw in Berkeley, California in like 1988 or 87, whatever it came out. Um, and then it became a kind of high school, group cult favorite amongst my okay. like high school friends um and so there are like multiple i would say there were a dozen lines out of this film that i use probably monthly with okay. various friends as like kind of like quotes or you know just like, citations to it um, and also, I'm half English, and it's mm. a very English movie, as yes. I'm sure you get, <laughs> having watched it. Um, very English. Um, and so it's just kind of when you asked me what film do you want to talk about, I was just like, it's got to be line.
1: Welcome back to Open Form. I'm Michael Denzel Smith. It's London, 1969, and frustrated, out of work, alcoholic actor Withmull and his similarly situated friend, whose name is never said, decide it is a perfect time for a vacation in the British countryside. They convince Withmull's uncle, Monty, to lend them his cottage home, though his generosity may come with some unannounced strings attached. Their weekend away is anything but relaxing as they come face-to-face with rural living they have little to no handle on, and it quickly devolves into a drunken romp through a quiet town they disturb with their delusions of wealth and grandeur, not so different from their life in the city. This week's film is With and I, and it was chosen by Adam Hazlett, author of You Are Not a Stranger Here and Imagine Me Gone, both finalists for the Pulitzer Prize and National Book Award. I make it a habit. So I watch every film that I discuss with folks twice before talking to them. And I make it a habit of not looking up anything about it the first time. If, if I've never heard of it or anything like that, like and I've never seen it or anything, yeah. I make a habit of not looking up anything before the first watch. And yeah. I'm going to say to you, I was like, what is
0: this movie? <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure I, I mean I have I have wondered I'm like what in God's name is Michael going to make it to
1: film? yeah oh but then I like just you know sort of very cursory sort of search. It was like, oh, it's a black comedy. Okay, okay, now I know how to adjust yeah. for watching this. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's just, it's these two guys, with Noel and the unnamed and I in the movie, but apparently his name in the, the screenplay is Marwood. Um, but they're two... Struggling actors, I would say. Yes, um, yes that's Because they seem to not get any work whatsoever. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um,
1: exactly. And they live together, and they have just decided that... They deserve a vacation. They yeah. deserve a holiday away in the yeah. countryside, away from the city. Uh, and they sk- sort of scheme to get Withnell's, uh get the keys to Withnil's uncle's uh, country estate. Um, yeah. And it estate,
0: is, estate may be generous. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. Um, but it is not the relaxing a getaway that they planned for. I'm curious what it was about this. like, it's 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 the humor or is it, it's the story or what it is that like so yeah, draws you I mean, to this?
0: Well, the, the reason that I've seen it so many times actually is that I found that it does kind of, i my relationship to it has changed over time. Mm. So like, at the beginning, it was very much the just the hilarity of it, right? It's late 60s london it's they're kind of you know up to their eyeballs on drugs yeah and and like in desperate straits and like so there's just a sort of in some sense like i mean not that i live that life but sort of like a reminder of being like young and chaotic and like living mm. in circumstances that are sort of absurd and funny but desperate at the same time and getting sort of so I think at the beginning it was just it was just funny to me and a lot of the as i said like the english stuff was you know i lived in england when i was a kid and it, it just was the whole thing was just appealing in some way and it's got a great soundtrack like it's some of the best like jimmy hendrix Jimi
1: hendrix every like it was great
0: jimmy hendrix and it's so well used like mm-hmm. it just it really kind of comes in at like really key moments and really satisfyingly. So, but then I think over time, as I watched it more and, you know, more as like an adult, I realized, so there's the, there's a comedic side of this sort of, this uncles, like this gay guy who basically starts hitting on one of the two guys. Mm -hmm. And so that too is mostly in the movie, Played for laughs. Yes. It gets kind of. It gets kind of. You know, he's like he's not exactly taking no for an answer. Gets a you little know, serious. The, yeah, yeah. The, the uncle's pretty serious in his uh, pursuit of this of this one guy. Um, but then over time, what I realized in my reading of the film is that it's actually kind of a love story, but of unrequited love between the two actors. So the way that I eventually take it to be is that the Whithnell character, they have professional jealousies of a certain kind. Like, Mm. you know, they both are trying to get parts. And at the end of the film, the I character gets a part. And it's in like Manchester or Birmingham somewhere. And so he's going to be leaving. But there's a way in which Whithnell, it's like super sad to see his friend go. But more than that, over the course of time in the film, it's like he runs in and jumps into bed with him because there's some noise. Mm. You know, like there's a way in which I feel—I'm not saying it's super explicit—but I came to see it as the kind of ache of mm. some sort of desire on the part of Withnell for his friend and then loss of him. And I, you know, I don't—I don't care what the sort of details of that are in some sense, or like mm. you know i'm not saying it's like but it it just it felt like a love story and not just a comedic like yeah comedic part with the uncle we've got soup why did not i get any soup coffee why don't you use a cup like any other human being why don't you wash up occasionally like any other human being how dare you how dare you How dare you call me inhumane? I didn't call you inhumane. You merely imagined it. Calm down. Right, you fucker. I'm gonna do the washing up. No, you can't. It's impossible, I swear. I've looked into it. Listen Listen to me, listen Listen to me. There are things in there. There's a tea bag growing. You haven't slept in 60 hours. You're in no state to tackle it. Wait till the morning. We'll go in together. This is the morning. Stand aside. You don't understand. I think there may be something living in there. I think there
1: may be something alive. Because you you say that in, like, my first watch with my 2022 perspective. I was like, this is such a gay panic movie that <laughs> it's just, like, yeah. the end I character is just like, no, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you just
0: can't. You can't right.
1: abide that, that right. someone would be interested in him at all, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, to be fair, I mean, there's sort of like the circumstance that he's in is not exactly just like, you know, I mean, the uncle is, is aggressive. He's in hot pursuit. He's in (laughs) hot pursuit and he's a good bit older. But, um, so it's more that, uh, uh, so yeah, it's funny. I mean, you're right. That is there. Um, but, uh, I guess I don't know. Maybe it's just my my scarred younger self doesn't even like clock that. I mean, I also just saw it at a at a young age, and so. But you're right. No, That's
1: but it. but it's the thing that you're just saying that like on the second watch, I was curious if it's if it's not simply like gay panic, but it is more of that tender love story that. Yeah it's not necessarily that it's like an explicit sort of, no, these two are are in love with each other romantically, but that there's a love between them that they're not willing to explore fully. Right.
0: Yeah. Yes. And I think, I guess that part also resonates with me, which is like the, the sort of young male friendship where there's kind of a, unspoken lines of desire Mm -hmm. there that are also kind of all caught up in like being uh, roommates and young, you know, like young people trying to make it in arts and living in confused things and also being on drugs. I mean, these are all things that I can relate to in one way or another. And it's like, okay, this is just a very rich kind of, I don't know take on all that. And it, and actually kind of poignant to me.
1: Yeah. And I think that there, it, it's this sort of exploration of what those barriers to the expressions of that love are. And with the with character, I feel like it's very clear that what it is is it's just his delusions of grandeur that are, that like will prevent him from uh, developing intimacy with anyone, right? Like he's so wrapped up in himself. He's so he's just like this this cigar commercial, they won't even call me back for this cheap cigar commercial and he's like, yeah. "Why am I not on TV? I'm a trained actor and I'm handsome." And <laughs> it's just like maybe you're not that good who knows and
0: also this personality is not going to be winning people over Well, and it's also I think and this is in a sort of you know tradition long tradition of British comedy he's also an incredible snob Mm -hmm. right like I mean, basically, his M.O. is this just sort of withering snobbery that, which, in fact, he's kind of a drunk in a ragged coat. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a lot of grounds on which to be a snob, Um, but he is, you know, sort of lording his way through the world um, in this manner that's, in a way, sort of pathetic, um, but hell, you know, kind of put somehow he pulls it off with this sort of actor's energy this very sort of theatrical way of being in the world.
1: Yeah. And the, you, you mentioned that he's a snob and it, uh, like my favorite scene of the movie is where like, he is convinced of his own, like he, he's so convinced of his own, uh, grandeur and everything. And they walk into the tea shop. Yes. and they sit down and they demand to be served and they're just they're like we're closed but they just demand to be served and they're drunk as hell like yeah. just off their asses drunk and he yeah. just is like just continuing over and over and acting like he's the person in there with the most class he's yeah. the person in there that they should yeah. be bowing down to and it's like no I don't care about your hoity-toity your hats and your 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 your, your fine china and all of this stuff like i am the one who is better than all of you
0: yes yes and i guess there's sort of a way in which like you know if you think about it maybe this is making it too serious but like i think that part of the poignancy of it and the humor for sure is that he is this young failing artist Mm. and like the way that he's gonna get through the day is by drinking, but the way he's going to kind of get through being in the world is having to put this on. Do you know Mm. what I mean? I mean, there's a sort of that the poignancy of it is exactly what you say. He's, he's having to make this up because otherwise he'd literally be a bum. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, he could equally well be in the gutter. Yeah. uh, Based on his condition. Yeah. We're in danger. We've got to get out. What are you talking about? I've been called a ponce. What fucker said that? I called him a ponce.
1: And now I'm calling you one. Ponce! Would
0: you like a drink?
1: And then it's for the and I character like I don't it, the the barrier seems to just be for me it seems to just be his like internalized homophobia it's just like he can't bring himself to be intimate with another man but it's but he's also incredibly drawn to Whistler right like any person that like is not like that doesn't. What do I want to say here? It's not... We've we've all sort of been there where we're just, like, really invested in this very tragic person, right? And it's maybe this mix of pity and, like, envy or, or for whether it's their actual talent or it's just their way of moving through the world that you're just like, how can you just dis- disregard societal norms in such a way? And it's like yeah. the N.I. character feels like... He's kind of like enthralled with that. Like, as much as he registers his complaints, he doesn't pull himself away.
0: No, no. And yeah, I think he's, he, yeah, I think you're right. He's sort of taken with it. And he's also, he's in a way almost under withnell's wing. Do you know what I mean? I mean, because mm. Withnal's the one who's like, here we go, we're going off to my uncle's. And then this like scene of, of the uncle with his cat and the <laughs> offering them drinks and all of this, you know, at this sort of place that he lives in. And then, and then he's the one that takes them to the pub and, you know, in the pub, he's like, you perfume ponce, you know what I mean? The guy mm-hmm. gets, gets sort of like quasi fag, fag bash there in the pub. And so he's like, yeah, he, he's kind of going, he's operating, as you say, it's somewhat mysterious why, but, under Whittnell's guidance, and then when he gets to this place that turns out to like have no water or fuel and out in the countryside, he's kind of like, "Wow, this is a hopeless situation." But yeah, he, there's there's some unstated appeal.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to ask you this because uh, in learning a little bit more about the film and it's like standing, it's like. Re- at some point, they, it was rated as like one of the 30 best like British films or something, and it's got this real following. There's apparently a drinking game associated with with Noel and I that oh. people try to keep up with all of the drinks. that Have you, ne- have you ever played this game?
0: <laughs> I, have ne- I have never played this game. Although, if it were going to be properly played, it would have to involve a lot of drugs as well. Because presuming it, presuming it... Uh, is the, is, is, is one of the other sort of comedic, the guy with the, that's always like feeding them all the drugs. You yes.
1: Know? And rolls that huge joint. Yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like, I mean, it's almost like a sort of British Cheech and Chum. Mm. Some of it there, you know, because yeah. it's like, there's just straight up like drugs comedy, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: I worry for the people that are trying to keep up with Withnil while the movie is running for not even two hours and he's drinking, we see, over the course of several days. Like, yes, he drinks a lot, but not within the span of two hours.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Adam, what's one lasting image that sticks with you from with Nolan and I?
0: Oh man, um, I think the first one that just popped to mind is back to the um, back to the Jimi Hendrix. It's when they get the car, they get mm. his like uncle's old Jaguar, and they the the shot is like the car pulls up. The eye character looks out the window, flips down, he's kind of like John Lennon sunglasses, mm. and then, like, all along the watchtower just <sniffs> strikes up, and you see this, like, wrecking ball knocking down, like, some slum building in London in the 60s. And it just, it's always just this, like, jolt, you know, because yeah. um, you've been in this confined space and this seedy apartment they're staying in.
1: Adam, thank you so much for joining me.
0: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Anytime.
1: Thanks for listening to Open Form, a podcast from LitHub Radio, produced by Eliza Smith and Justin Alvarez and hosted by me, Michael Denzel Smith. Feel free to like, comment, and subscribe to Open Form wherever you get your podcast, and or sign up for the LitHub newsletter to stay up to date on our latest episodes. If you're enjoying what you hear, share Open Form with a friend or on social media. Next week, casual summer visit to a Nordic sex death cult.